The Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. You are about to hear the encouraging word with Bishop E.A.T. Saki. Yes. Awesome in this place, mighty God. Thank you, Father. Just close your eyes for a minute. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your kindness. We submit ourselves to you and to your way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. We try to sing. Lord, we pray to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living Sanctuary. It's on the screen. Everybody should sing it. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. If that's I'll be Everybody singing it. Lord, prepare me. Lord, prepare me.
without Jesus, I'll be a living Those of you who just came, we've had two hours plus of very important teaching. And I believe that God is helping us greatly. Somebody say amen. Alright. We started, I shared from two very important, I mean, along the way, two important things. First, Second Samuel, first Samuel chapter twenty-two, and then Second Samuel chapter twenty-three. Let's look at First Samuel twenty-two and then Second Samuel twenty-three. First Samuel twenty-two. Now David had been walking around, and the Bible says David therefore departed thence and escaped. Can we have another version, Pastor? Um, Go now, right. David therefore de- departed. Another version, another version, please. So David got away. No, not the message. Another version. Right. David left Gath and ran away to the cave of Adullam. David's brothers and relatives heard that David was at Adullam. Now, we are going to have a service, family and friends service. Amen. On the 14th of May, it is our founder, Bishop Dax, 60th birthday. Amen. So we're going to have a very huge service. Very huge service, family and friends service. Amen. You are going to invite all your family members. Ransom. Do you have family? Do you have family in life? You don't have any family. Pardon? I'm talking to you, Ransom. Do you have family? How is family? Yeah, so, so, um, we are going to have a very, very special service. Family and friends service. Everybody is going to bring all your family members. Amen. And it's going to be beautiful and fantastic. And we're going to have a beautiful service here on the 14th of May. Our bishop, our founder, will be 60 years old. That's a blessing from the Lord. Amen. And um, it's going to be very, very powerful. So let's all be late and Active and involved. Anyway, Bible says that David departed from there, from there, and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And then verse two, and everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was Bitter in soul gathered to him, and he became the commander over them, and there were with him of about 400 men. Can you imagine? 
people who are offended, who are bitter in soul, who are distressed, who are in debt, who have problems. They all join Pastor David's church. What a church. Church with problems. You know, I don't mind. Hello, do I, are you listening to what I'm saying? I don't mind having a church with problems. Some, there are problems and there are people who are problems themselves. You understand? So if you have problems, it's fine. But if you are the problem, then that's another matter. Ask your neighbor, are you, do you have problems or you are the problem? Ask your, ask your neighbor, do you have problems or you are the problem? How do you handle such a situation? If you have problems, it's okay. But if you are the problem, what do you do? What a shock. Saints, do you have problems or you are the problem? You have problems, but you are not the problem. Wow. Fantastic. But anyway, so what I'm saying is that people with problems, and don't worry, a church, that's how churches start. And I preached on it for a long time, so I can't go back to it. These were people who came to David in distress, in bitterness of soul, in death, in crisis. All sorts of problems were happening to them. And David became their pastor. I will be. He became their pastor. But what happened? As David pastored them, as David see us, we are pastoring you. Some of you, you are angry with somebody who didn't treat you well. Some of you are bitter. You are easily, you are something that, something happened in your life that makes you unhappy all the time. But just take, give yourself time. As we pastor you and look after you and pray for you and minister to you, every bitterness in your soul will leave. Amen. And the Bible says that you passed, they all came and joined Reverend David's church. But as time went by, and they stayed under control, everybody who was in debt paid all their debts. And they even built houses. And they had businesses. And when you read 2 Samuel chapter 23, the Bible calls them the mighty men. Verse 8, these are the mighty men of David. The same people in distress became mighty men. I see you becoming a mighty man in the church in Jesus' name. Give yourself time. And tell your neighbor, give me time. Give me time. I will get better. No, tell him, give me time. I will pay you all my debts. Say, give me time. Things will get better and better and better. Hallelujah. They became the mighty men. In 2nd Samuel chapter 8, these be the mighty men of David. The same people who came, bitterness of soul, they came aggrieved, they came hurt, they came angry, they came bitter. But as they stayed under the influence, what affects our lives is the influence of the Holy Spirit. Mercy, are you with me? If we stay under control and we are going to be praying before we close for the Holy Spirit to fill us, as this Holy Spirit fills us and empowers us, it takes control and changes us completely. And then we will see God's grace in our lives. 
Amen. One day, they will not call you the sister in debt. They will call you the mighty sister in the Lord. Can I have an amen? They will not call you by your problem. They will call you by your victories. You know, some people are called by their problems, isn't it? The Bible talks about the woman with the issue of blood. So when you say, oh, what is the issue of blood? But God is going to change your identity. They are going to call you by your success and by your victories. The woman who has built a very big house in Tuduwada, the one who, who owns that beautiful shop, that supermarket, the lady who is serving, who has become a lady pastor, I see your title changing in the name of Jesus. They will not call you, they will call you by your victory and by your success. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Alright, so we are going to watch uh, today watching and praying, watching and praying, watching and praying. We watch a little bit, I talk, we pray. Now that we have had breakfast, we are going to continue till. For you know, we will not even have lunch. <laughs> what a shock. We are going to be on and on and on and on and on. And I believe God will help us. So I want us to tune in. Like I said to you earlier on, there are what we call campaigns, certain campaigns. What makes our church work? What makes our church grow? What makes our church flourish are the campaigns. And so we, we, Bishop is going to be teaching to us, teaching us in some of these things. So which one are you, what are you watching now, Pastor Ronald? Campaign for church enlargement. All right, let us flow now. And please take the notes because I'll be stopping here and there and then be sharing with you as you carry along. If you are feeling sleepy, you can always stand at the back, but don't let it be walking around. It's all part of our retreat today. I want right. to talk okay. to you about what I call the campaign for church enlargement. The campaign for enlargement. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9. It says, For a great door and effectual is open unto me. That is Paul saying this in the ministry. But there are many adversaries. Amen. It says, a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries, many. Now, a campaign is an important activity, all right? A campaign is a systematic, systematic, everybody says systematic. There is a systematic, aggressive, everybody say aggressive, and progressive, say progressive, set of activities. A campaign is a systematic, there is a system. A campaign is a system. Systematic 
progressive. It progresses from one thing to another thing to another thing to another thing to another thing. Aggressive. These are the important words. Systematic, progressive, and aggressive set of activities. Yes. It, it, it is, there's a system. And when you set aside the system, you are not going to have the same results that someone else has set in place. So if there's a campaign, all right, against, let's say, breast cancer, right, they will describe a set of activities that are progressive. We'll do this, then we'll do this, then we'll do this. We'll announce a day of this, they'll do this, they'll put banners, then the next activity. And each one is progressive. After doing this, then we do this. After doing this, then we do this. After doing this. That's the definition of the word campaign. Yeah. You always do this, then after that you do this, then after that you do this, and after that you do that. And that each one is always aggressive, like it's in your face. It is something that pushes you out towards outsiders. So if there's a campaign to make people drink beer, do you understand? Then there's a systematic campaign parents to allow their children to taste alcohol from age five, then it's sold like this, it's made like this, it's made cheap, it's made this, so that children, with more people will drink alcohol. So it's systematic, it's progressive. When you've done this, the next thing is to do something else. And people have churches, and the churches don't work. Because they set aside the systematic, progressive, and aggressive set of activities that are the only activities that can lead to church growth. That is why you find many, it, is, it takes a, a certain type of aggressive person to have a big church. If the person is not a certain way, you will not have a big church. I remember when I was in Korea, one time, the, I was with a pastor, Gunaratnam, who is also dead now. He was a Malaysian. And he said to me, Young Kicho is so different now. He was older than he was like 80, 70 something, 80. He said, That's not how he was in, when he was younger. I said, No, 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 no. The, the man is very active, very active, traveling, preaching, teaching, moving. He said, you didn't meet that part of him. The aggressive, systematic, progressive activity man. He said, you didn't meet that part. And it's true. I didn't. When I joined. He was already older. If you don't have such a person as a pastor, and if you are not that way, you can never build a church. The church will, every church that doesn't work is the pastor's fault. Yeah, it's the pastor's fault. It's like a nation that is in a, 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 a very, I don't know what kind of, whatever, you know, <laughs> very good nation. Is the, is, the, is the leaders who have made it good. Yes. 
That is why phlegmatics find it difficult to build churches, especially from a low size to a larger size. When the church is already there, they are better. They can also handle it. But without that systematic progressive, when I say progressive, you move from this, then we do this. And we do, you, can't, you can't just pray and fast. Esther fasted for three days before she went to see her husband. But when she was going to her husband, she moved the progressive activity was to dress. She dressed in a wild dress. A very, she made herself very posh. And I'm sure she had her bath at least minimum. <laughs> it's not just fasting. If she was fasting, her breath have, may have been smelling from the hunger. There's some smell that comes from your mouth when you are hungry. The whole body. Progressive activity. We've done this. Now we have to do this. Now we have to do this. Now we have to do the next thing. And each step she took was aggressive. Oh, yes. It was aggressive. When her husband asked her, What do you want? I'll give you half of the kingdom. She didn't tell him what she wanted. She said, I want to make a banquet and I want to show those who are being invited. Wow. Then when they came for the dinner, she said, I'll do another banquet tomorrow. Progressive. Because she's going to ask for somebody to be executed. And that person is the king's friend. She has to take her time before she comes and says, this man is a bad man. When the person thinks he's a good man. Systematic, progressive, Preach. aggressive set of activities. Because there are enemies to the church working. The church of God enlarging and growing at the hands of young men and at the hands of young people is one of the only hopes for the church of God in the world today. The church of God expanding and growing and working at the hands of young people. Young people who have decided to serve God and have decided to follow Jesus. I'm telling you, that's the only hope. Look at sexual perversions in the world today. If you notice, they are progressive. They are aggressive. And if you look very closely, you will see that they are systematic. And you will notice that there are activities which are systematic, progressive, aggressive, in the world today to spread a certain spirit into the whole world and to cause the whole world to come to a certain place. Yes. A place of disorder. A place of confusion. And a place of darkness. is very progressive, very aggressive, and very systematic. And if we are doing church and we are working for God, we must also take up the church work in the form of campaigns 
which means it's in the form of something that's also systematic and also progressive and also aggressive in its very nature. Amen. Clap your hands for the Lord. Enlargement is going to come through a series of systematic, progressive, and aggressive activities, including what we are doing right now. Including what we are doing right now. That's right. Are you listening to me? Yes. As you can see, the war in Ukraine has a systematic, aggressive, progressive nature. It has a nature of being, because when they first started, they went straight to Kiev. There was a a line of tanks and cars. I read the news, they said, a terrifying line of tanks and cars, armored cars going to Kiev, the capital. Yeah. It was a 10 miles long. And they knew that that's the end of the capital city. I think they blew up the bridges and things. Yeah. But you see, then they've taken certain place and declared independent. They've even done voting. I mean, systematic, progressive, aggressive, and, and the world is nervous because it's progressing. And so they are not sure what will be the next. What next is going to happen? Yes. And you keep, you keep on hearing the word nuclear, nuclear, nuclear. Yeah. That's how a war is. What's going to be your next card? What is going to be your next card? What's going to be your next card, pastor? Church workers. What's going to be your next card? What are, what are going to play next? Yes. What was your next move? What's your next move? Members are not just going to come. Ah! People are not just going to turn to God. Systematic. When I was in uh, uh, England in 1983, I was attending a church and the pastor called me, come to my office during the week, and I went. And he said to me, I want you to work with me. Work here in the church. Because he, can, he said, I can see that more black people are coming to the church. And he was a white man, as white as can be. He ordained me. He's the one who ordained me as a pastor. Yes, I was ordained in London in the ministry. Yeah, and I thank him for that all the time because no one 
No one ever liked me much. No one chose me. Yes. So, he was not just in the church, but what's his next card? What's he going to do next? Yes. What's the next step and the next aggressive step you are going to take in the work of God, in the church work, and in your personal life and your personal war with the enemy? A great door is open, but there are many adversaries. And unless you take it as a campaign in a war, whatever your ministry and whatever aspect of ministry you are in, that what's your next step? What in the in the in the in the pro in the progression? What's your next step? And if your next step is not an aggressive step, it's not the right step. Because war is aggression. Either they attack you or you attack them. Yes. What's your next aggressive step? To overcome. Very, very important. So, the most difficult part of ministry, you know, I, if I, this is for ministers. So, if I don't know whether I'm talking in the right place, I don't know whether I should. Wait. Talk about this thing somewhere else. Yes. Your next step in the war for your life, Preach. for your church, for your ministry, must be an aggressive step. There must be a feeling on the other side of something pushing in or intruding. So when we are building churches all over the country, over 1,200 churches that we have built so far, it's an aggressive intrusion and entrance into the nation. You get it? That not just sitting down and thinking that members are going to come by osmosis. But an aggressive, there must be pressure on the other side. Coming from you. What's your next step? What's a series of steps you are taking? And in the war in Ukraine, you see that tanks have been sent. Leopard 2 tanks from Germany that only need two people to, 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 to drive. Leopard 2 tanks. In the Second World War, they call the Panzer tanks. But these are called Leopard 2. Have been sent. Maneuverable tanks that a gun that can shoot 26 miles away. I don't know how far those tanks can shoot. And now, American Abram tanks. Abram. The tanks of America are called Abrams. Abrams. That's the next step. And that's what Russia is complaining about. Because the Abram tanks are also very complex in their capability. I'm sure when you sit inside, it's like you are in a plane. With different types, short range and long range, you see the mouth of the thing very far. And that is what is used to aggressively enter and take territories. Mm. Aggressive. And now the British have also brought Challenger tanks. Yay. Their tanks are called Challenger. Just like how you have Hyundai and Mercedes Benz 
and BMW, the British have Challenger tanks. Challenger. Challenger. So these three, these are Challenger tanks, Leopard 2 tanks, and Abram tanks. Have been added into the picture, and you can sense that the other side are feeling the aggression of the Europeans against the others. Never think that Africa has wars that are some way. The ones in Europe are wilder by far. Oh, yes, by far. Wow, amazing. You <laughs> think that? So, our small, small. Oh, yes, look at it. These ones are which ones? Hmm. You cannot put, uh, remove it. You cannot put without putting the name there. Bring Leopard 2 tanks. Leopard 2. What's your next step? My next step is Leopard 2. What's your next step? My next step are Abrams. I'm bringing the Abram tanks. I'm deploying Abrams. What's your next step? I'm bringing Challenger. 19 Challenger tanks. Aggressive and progressive. It's getting worse. It's getting wilder. It's getting further. Further on. That's why the Lord played me as a student leader, as an SU leader, as an assistant prayer secretary. Then he played me as a Christian leader and he played me as a starter of a head of Calvary Road Incorporated Kolebu Branch. Well, no one ever gave me a post. Oh, yes. But by the age of 25, the Holy Spirit, he played me, said, Be, become a pastor. That was the next move. Each move was a little more aggressive. It looked a bit more progressive. I became a pastor at 25. I was a student. I became a doctor when I was 26. What's your next progressive step? Your next aggressive step? Oh, yes. You can't sit down to be peppered and to be tormented and to be turned around like a toy. What's your next step in the war? What are you playing next? Are you just there? Or are you going to do something aggressive? Something systematic? Don't be shy of systems. And systematic things, step by step. When I started writing books, I was ashamed of my systematic way. So, instead of writing with my point, I started to write as if I was writing an essay. This long writing. Because I was ashamed of my point. So, a real book doesn't have points. Number one, number two, number three. A, B, C. Number four, number five. Then one day they not showed me. It is because there are points that people can even read it. Number one. So now even when I'm writing letters, I write it number one, number two, number three, number four. Don't be ashamed of systematic. Systematic. Oh yes. Leopard two. 
Aha. Oh, but it doesn't look very powerful. I'm not showing it well. Where is Leopard 2? Modern Leopard 2 and Abrams. Show us an Abram. That's your next step. Ah, we need an artist. Yes. Oh yes, a series, you know. When the Germans started fighting in the Second World War, they introduced what they call the Blitzkrieg. It was a systematic thing. First planes, then tanks. Then、uh, the working soldiers, what do you call the infantry? Yeah, and they had one. Then you know the next thing is going to happen is this, and next one three, one two three. And they knew the German. When they did the time, as this time minutes have gone by, the next thing this one are coming. It was very systematic. They were a brutal army in German. They call them the Wehrmacht, the Wehrmacht. Yeah. Wehrmacht. Yeah, they were a very some way army. Aha.、Uh-huh. Show them moving it. Show them moving it. Abrams. These are the Abrams. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> This is too much. Is it aggressive? Very, very aggressive. In some way, really, really, some way. Yeah, really, 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 some way. Yeah. And so that is how your ministry must be. In fact, your life. Forget about even the church. Your life. There must be some aggressive and progressive steps. That you are taking, and the enemy is taking a personal campaign against you. You must also show him、Rich. aggressive, systematic, progressive steps that you are also taking. Yes, to fight the enemy. And so, that is what has been introduced into the church through shabby shepherding. Must go. It's a system. Each one is an aggression of some sort. Each one is aggressive. It's a step in the in a certain direction to take over, to advance, to enter, to intrude. Oh yes. Are you still around or you are leaving? Right here. Now, Romans eight twenty eight. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, 
and to them who are the called according to his purpose. You see, the thing about the work of God is that all things work together. That's right. Yes. And when somebody is dying, usually one thing is not working. Just one thing. Yes. So, if one thing stops working, it can cause somebody to die. What, what is death? Heart failure. So, oh, but the kidneys were working. Oh, yeah, the liver was working. The cardiovascular system was working. The brains were working. Yeah, but heart failed. Lung failed. Lung failed. Heart failed. Kidney failed. Liver failed. One thing fails. And that is the mistake that many times we are making in our lives and our ministry and in the build of the church. That you leave one thing and which you must know that you die from one thing. You don't die from seven things. In fact, one time I went somewhere, I went, I was at the and they were saying, I know this person is, I mean, is on the way because he has multi-organ failure. Multi-organ failure. Kidneys failure, heart failure, liver failure, all of them were failed, which is unusual. It's unusual to have multi-organ failure. Doctors, is it not true? Usually, one organ will be giving you problems. Or it wants to fail, or it wants to stop. So to have multi-organ failure is not so common. But what I'm trying to say is that when you have a series of campaigns, it's like the body that is working. The kidney is on a campaign to remove urea. The smell you smell when you ruin, especially if you leave it overnight or two days later, you come to it, it's ammonia. It is a campaign to remove it from the body. That is why when they want to check your kidney, they check your urea. Your urea. Creatinine and urea. Urea. They see how much it's able to move. Whether it's been moving enough or it has weakened in its campaign to remove the ammonia from you. And if the ammonia builds up in you, you start feeling dizzy and groggy. And you become gradually fainting and until you are unconscious. And just one campaign stops. So you have churches that are suffering from kidney failure. You see, just one thing is not working. It's not going. And the person, the whole body is confused. And the whole body is unconscious. Because one aspect has been allowed to stop. Or somebody who's been put in charge is not doing what he's supposed to do. Whether it's a disc campaign or placenta proliferation or, or, or a soul winning campaign or water buses or something that thing is allowed to die. Or prayer is not there. All these things, you will think that, oh, it's just that one that we are not. It's just telepastoring that we are not doing. Or just visitation. But to do this great work is that 
All things work together for good. This is not a scripture that for when something bad has happened, then you come up with this scripture. This scripture is showing you the importance of everything working at the same time and things must not be allowed to stop or one area is allowed to stop on its own. You see somebody lying there and say, heart failure, it's gone. Liver failure, it's gone. This failure is gone. All sorts of failures. One thing is gone. But you are doing everything else. And that is why it's important to pray. It's important to do this. And that's why Esther did not just fast, but she dressed her very best. And then also she had courage. The husband, when the husband saw her, her courage to come in that way, when he hadn't seen her for 30 days, he probably liked her because there are invisible things about people that make people attracted to you. I don't know if you are aware of that. Do you know that you are, you are attractive because of physical and invisible things? Yeah. And you, are, you become unattractive because of invisible things as well. Yeah. So sometimes you see somebody, the person is not as attractive or as beautiful as you are expecting or hoping. But the person seems to really like the person. Because the person has fixed his eyes on something, maybe the person's cheerfulness or smile or peacefulness or some other invisible quality that's not so easy to quantify or describe. Other qualities. So perhaps her courage, the courage of Esther, the boldness to come there to see him, probably touched him. Then he said, I'll give you even half of my kingdom. I'll give you half of my kingdom. Wow. What an amazing blessing. All things. All things. And so all of us must look at all things. Whenever there is a failure, you are always looking for which of the all things was off. One time, there was a, a flight. I don't want to mention the airline. But the airline crashed. And I asked someone why that plane crashed. And the person said to me, when you are climbing a plane the next time, do you see? Look on the plane. You see um, something like your finger. Something like your finger. Just around, I don't know whether it's around, but I've, I've seen it many times. I don't know where exactly, rather around the door. Something like that. It's just like a screw on the side like that. Small one. Sticking out of the plane. Like this is the plane. And that thing is more on there. But I said, what is that? It's oh, it's determining, it's determining the speed of the plane in the air. Yeah. He said, that thing was not working. Yeah. That small thing was not working. Yeah. Like everything else was working. The engine, this, 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 this. Yeah. And so when that thing was, was not working, when you are in the plane, you don't know how fast you are going. 
So because the plane is very heavy and it's in the air, there's only a certain speed like this. It's going, ooh, that makes it go up. And then when it's up like that, and you lower the speed below a certain point, it goes down. The plane will go down. Like it will fall out of the sky. Not that it will be directed to go down, but it falls out. Because it's the power that is keeping it up. So when you reduce it beyond the sense. So the speed tells you on the screen how fast you are going, how that you are okay. The power is okay. But when they read the speed, it was like they were going too fast, but was wrong. So they reduced the speed, but they were already slow. So when they reduced the speed, do you get it? It just went down with everybody. Yeah. And you talk about what makes something fail. It could be only telepastoring. Only the digital aspect of the church could be making the church to fail. Only that part. Only the social media part. Oh yes. Oh yes. Only the prayer part. That is why any time there is a failure in the ministry, you must always go deeper to find what caused it. One time, one brother fell out of the race. And I'm always interested. I said, there will be something I will find out about this person that I didn't know. Yeah. There will always be something I will discover about this person that I didn't know before. And as usual, I found out, ah, the person is not spiritual. The person doesn't pray. The person is like this. This happened. The person is into this. The person is into that. You always find something. That's why they don't allow planes to crash without the black box. The black box is in the plane. It's a computer that is recording everything the pilot says and everything that is happening in the plane. And it can stay alive for years. So if the plane falls out, they will find the problem. They want to know which particular thing was it. One day I was on a plane. And we were supposed to go. And they said, oh, they are bringing a machine to remove some ice from the plane. I said, ah, it is cold. So if there is ice on the plane, how does it work? But you see, the ice on the plane. You see, for the the tail to move. Because when a plane is going to go up in there, if you look, you keep looking at the back, the back goes down. When it goes down, that's what makes the plane go up like this. So when that hydraulic stops working, it, 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 it doesn't go up. So if you look at the plane, that's, that's why sometimes, if just before the plane is about to go, you see the pilot, if you look at the plane, he will do the things up, down, then he will let the to be sure that all the things are moving through. <laughs> I don't know whether I should find some pilots. I should find some pilots to talk to, or maybe I'm in the wrong church. One thing in the ice. When the ice is on the that thing that check the speed, it's, like it's not saying the right speed again. And it's telling you that oh, 
you are growing at 400. But if your thing, yeah, you are 200. And if your thing goes to 150, you fall out. So all things are working. So in your life, sometimes you're asking yourself, why are things not working? Often it's one thing. Often it's one thing. Not common to have multi-organ failure. Not so common. There's be one thing. And when your one thing that is not working is spirituality. One time my brother was uh, falling deeper and deeper. And the person that was falling deeper and deeper was asking, so, you, 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 won't you pray? Because as they were falling deeper, the other party could sense that this person is not spiritual. It's, it is part of the reason why you have no strength. Yes. It's part of the reason why you have no strength. Yes. This is actually what you like. Yeah. You are sent as a missionary. After two years, nothing is working. One year, nothing is working. You know, one time I heard Derek Prince talking about he said he wants to he wants to give some advice to pastor. Sit down, you are blocking some people. You. He said, I want to give advice to some uh, to pastor, but the advice he's going to give, you don't have to take it. No, not that you don't have to take it, but it's just his personal advice. And it's up to you. He said you can take it, but these are and he said, I'm going to say four things for about three hours. He was saying the four things. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, something like three hours. Yeah. And one of the things he said, he said that, you know, missionaries, he said they are the cream of the crop. They are like the highest level you can ever be. It's missionaries. He said, it's a missionary. Yeah, that's what he said. And he said, but they are also the people who complain a lot. And he was talking about thankfulness. He was saying they need to be thankful. And that that is one of the things that he's found with missionaries. That many people that he knew as missionaries were not thankful. And it affected them. And that when you are not thankful, I've learned a lot from the place about thankfulness. Oh, yes. Like that thing is affecting them. And he said, I'll say 40. He talk and talk and talk about being thankful. Yeah. And he said, that's the problem with missionary. He himself had been a missionary in Kenya before. Yeah. Seems seem it to you to be a small thing. The worst kind of person to marry is a person who is not thankful. Oh, yeah. You never know when the person is happy or what, what you have done wrong or what is wrong. That's the worst. Discontented, never happy. Never okay. Never excited. Never eager. There's always a problem. That alone 
can take away the joy of a happy marriage. You see some sisters, they say, oh, I'm melancholic. And so what? And so what? You are melancholic and so what? Nonsense. You are melancholic and so what? How does it help? You are melancholic and so what? I will not advise anybody to marry this melancholic person who has made their face like this. Don't marry these melancholic people. They make their face very, there's a problem. There's always something wrong. You are melancholic. Marry yourself. Oh, yes. Marry yourself. Turn to your nearest melancholic sister with a morose face and a tubinal face and tell the person, marry yourself. Now, shabby shepherding must go. Number one, S, that's the formula for church growth and enlargement. Shabby shepherding must go. Systematic. Have you shown us leper two times? German made. German made. He showed us Abrams. Abram tanks. Systematic. Let's look at the leopard. Amen. Are we still here? Are you alert? Are you alive? Are you receiving the word? We are now about to go into the systematic things one by one. I see your life working in the name of Jesus. I see our church working in the name of Jesus. We are going to be aggressive and progressive. Somebody say aggressive and progressive. I didn't hear you. I did not hear you. Hallelujah. Is somebody's a message that beeps like that. So James, are you? It's from. Okay, wonderful. Now this, you see, the introductory ones. After this particular one, the rest will be short, 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 short. Thirty minutes, forty minutes. We stand up and so on. But we need to listen to it. Say amen. I told you the first part. Told you that there is a way of doing things. We are looking at how to kill a dog in Jaws. And then we've got three ways to kill a dog. Every said, one way to kill a dog is by hanging. What a wicked way to kill a dog. 
you hang the dog. Eh. What a shock. You hang a dog they are going to eat. And then uh, Daniel said that you put it in a sack and you hit it. You beat it with a stick. What a shock. And then somebody else said that another way is to who told us somebody here. Grace, where's Grace? Where is she now? She went out. Grace said that you just said just hit his head with a with a with a pistol. That's all. Easy. So there are many ways of killing a, a, a dog in jaws. But in the same way, there are many ways in doing the ministry. Now, Bishop is teaching us how we can. You know, this church is certainly coming. When it was to the, over the church, there are few people, about 200 or so. I told you two weeks ago when they have what we call Swollen Sunday, which will be explained. They were 21,000. Hey. Mary, can you believe it? 21,000. Where we are now. Yes, gather at one time. Listen, a day is going to come. They are going to have a service here. People are going to sit on the stage. The whole place is filled up. Those who believe shout Amen. I like the way Mr. Joseph lifted the hand up. It's going to happen practically in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, I, I, you see, I'm older than most of you, at least in this area. I think I'm older than all of you, some of you combined. Are you there with me? Them that you age plus your age, I'm still older than you. But I'm telling you that. I, am, I, I feel stronger than most of you. I have more energy for the work of God. So if you are young, young boy, young girl, when you come to church morning, you are falling asleep. Isaac, you are looking at me. At the age of 18, 19, you are sleeping. What a shock. Vera, are you there? Hmm? So we are going to, this is a very short, this one is, is just ending shortly. So when it says shabby, I'm talking about, you see, like I was saying earlier on, in this book, the mega church, we are taught about the things that you must imbibe. Somebody say imbibe. I didn't hear you. Yeah. The thing that you must imbibe in a, a person, uh, in, a, in a ministry that can transform your life. How to, what it means to catch the spirit of the ministry. I've seen many people, as they've been around serving God, ministry, doing the work of God, it has translated into their personal lives. Their personal lives are changed completely. And I see it happening in your life in Jesus' name. Always remember, that people who came to follow David, John David's church, were people in debt, people who were in distress, who were broke, who had problems. But by the time we read again, they have become the mighty men of David. They are going to become one of the mighty people we have in the ministry. Say amen again. So, uh, 
But it's a shabby shepherd. He's going to explain to us. Let, let, let's carry on and then we'll take care. We'll, we'll, this one finishes. Floor Number road. three. Servants armed and trained campaign. Man made. He showed us Abrams. Abram tanks. Systematic. Let's look at the leopard. Soul winning. Mission consciousness campaign. Amen. Soul winning campaign. S for soul winning campaign. There must be a systematic, aggressive soul winning campaign. Systematic, aggressive soul winning campaign. Number two, state of the flock campaign. State of the flock campaign. Amen. Number three, servants armed and trained campaign. Servants armed and trained. Number four, hearing and seeing campaign. That's H. S S S H H. Number five, honor your prophet campaign. Honor your prophet campaign. H for honor your prophets. Number A, anti brutish campaign. B, the next one, Basenta, Basonta, Batenta. Proliferation campaign. The next one, building, building structures campaign. The next one, I, intimate counseling campaign. Intimate counseling campaign. E, sharp equipment and technology campaign. And then shepherding stands for shepherd's control. So number one is soul winning campaign. Two is state of the flock campaign. Three is servants arm and train campaign. Four is hearing and seeing campaign. Five is honor your prophet campaign. Six is anti-British campaign. Seven is Basenta proliferation campaign. Next one is building structures campaign. Next one is intimate counseling campaign. And E is equipment and technology campaign. Then the next one is shepherding, shepherd control campaign. Then M for multiplication campaign. Then the next one is you uncles and aunties campaign. Aunties and uncles campaign. And the next one is understanding campaign. Understanding campaign. S, the next one is swollen Sunday campaign. Swollen Sunday campaign. 
And the next one is ship seeking campaign. And the next one is Sunday management campaign. And the next one is testimony campaign. The next one is testimony campaign, telepastoring campaign. The next one is tangerine campaign. And the next one is gathering bus campaign. And the last one is organize creative arts campaign. Did you get it? You didn't get it. Swollen Sunday campaign. Have you got that one? The next one is sheep seeking campaign. The next one is Sunday management campaign. Sheep seeking campaign. Sheep seeking campaign. Sunday management campaign. Number T is testimony campaign. Next T is telepastoring campaign. Another T is tangerine campaign. G is gathering bus campaign. And O is organized creative arts campaign. So when you put it all together, the mnemonic is shabby shepherding must go. Amen. Did you get it? Are you sure you got it? You must get it and you must write it down. All right? You must, you must not think that you know. Because you don't know. If you knew, you would be getting the results. I said, take it to the airport and let it pack. We are waiting, we are waiting, so hurry up. Beautiful. Amen. Now, the first campaign is soul winning and mission consciousness campaign. Amen. Matthew 18 and verse 11. What does Matthew 18 and verse 11 say? Matthew 18 and verse 11. Matthew, the Son of Man is come to save 
For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. Amen. So, there must be the very first thing, and I'm going to give this to you to pray for it. Amen. And that is a consciousness of winning souls. Amen. A consciousness of soul winning and missions. You see, there is no other consciousness that can be in you, amen, except this consciousness of soul winning. In fact, it is the uh, hallmark of a good foundation for any ministry. You see, one of the things that you notice when you look at churches and many, many, many ministries which are about to die is the absence of soul winning and the absence of mission consciousness. It's gone. You know, when the word of God is working in the ministry is working, it's very wonderful because people come. I've seen people have great gifts and through the gifts, a lot of people come. People with problems, because the problems that are in the world, you don't have an idea. Once you start to be a source of solution for people, I'm telling you, people will come. Many, many people will come. Because I am an apostle, and God has anointed me to build churches. That's how come many of you are here, because that is the kind of the people that the kind of people that will come to that because there are people that can be made also into apostles. Yeah, there are people that can be made into pastors. Yes. People that are heavy laden with problems, your husband is going to a witch doctor. The wife is having this problem. This is happening. That is sick. That is going the job. They can't do in. They can't do this kind of work. So what I'm preaching may not be attractive to such groups of people, but people like you are also very unusual to be attracted to anything. A young person, somebody who doesn't, I mean, loves God, hot-blooded. Sexual, beautiful, handsome, and you are, you are going to church for what? For a long time. Why? What is wrong? What is missing? <laughs> what are you looking for? What are you doing there? Are you with me? Yes. It's unusual, but it's the Holy Spirit and the anointing that comes. Now, when you are gathered, and you have come with your, your, yourself. If you don't have as a foundation a soul winner's mind and a soul consciousness, conscious of people's souls, 
It is when you have the plenty people and the money and whatever, and you are not soul winning conscious. That's the point at which the whole ministry sweeps, and it sweeps slowly and becomes something different. So that's why you can see a large church with a lot of people. The pastor will not do an altar call. Even when he is saying, God, God is going to bless you. Oh, God is going to help you to get your job back. And God is going to help you to be promoted at your work. And the man who was worrying you at your work cannot touch you anymore. And that's the blessing of God. That's all. But like the soul of the person to be saved. You, you realize that like what Matthew 11 says, for the son of man has come to save that which was lost. Or 1 Timothy 1.15. That this is a true saying. It's a faithful saying. Worthy of all acceptation. That Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, came into the world not to improve your job or to give you a better car or to get back your landlord to change his mind and take you back into the house. But he came to this world to save sinners. This is, this is all. So I want you to pray in your next prayer time, right, that the Lord himself will make you from now to the end of your life conscious of souls. I think that it's my soul consciousness that has kept me in the ministry up till today. Yes. And if I look at Bonke, I think that his consciousness of souls has kept him, kept him burning to the very end of his life and ministry. But you can't say that about many ministers when they speak. I mean, it's full of great wisdom, deliverance, words of knowledge, healing, different things. But souls, so to be saved, no. It's, bad. it's almost like it's a basic for some type of people. Yeah. Pure salvations. And without that, you can't be a good, you cannot be a good pastor. A pastor is also someone who is concerned of souls. If you love me, feed my sheep. I bought them with my blood. Without soul winning, you cannot be a good prophet. You know, the, the person who started to have this great prophetic thing where somebody can call your name and this, that, say many details about you and so on. The first person that I know of who started to move in that is Prophet Branham. He's the first person. And William Branham. And he, they, they said the campaigns were also a lot for salvations of people. Because the people will be there. The problems that people have, I don't think you have an idea the kind of problems that people have in this world. They will come. They will come. So, soul winning consciousness. You can't be a good prophet unless you have a soul winning heart. You can't be a good evangelist without a soul winning heart. You have to feel for the salvation of the people. Many times I've stood on the field as I'm praying, I feel so emotional. That's why I call it the holy moment. 
The moment that you leading them to Jesus is the holy moment. That's the moment we are looking for. Amen. Amen. You cannot be a good teacher if you are not soul conscious. I'm talking about ministry, you know. I don't know if you are interested in the ministry. Yeah. Yeah. If you are not interested in the ministry, you are in the wrong place. I'm talking about only the ministry. From tomorrow, don't even expect anything about your, your personal life or anything. It's just about the ministry. Hallelujah. Your place is sought after by somebody else. Enlargement will come through another person. Another person will bring evangelism. Another person will be a great prophet and you'll see what a real good prophet is about. Another person will be a real good pastor and you'll see what a real pastor is about. A soul conscious person. Yeah. If you will not be conscious of souls and rather be conscious of other things, God is going to raise up someone and then you'll see what it's like to be a real pastor or a real prophet or a real apostle. Are you ready with that race? As we come quickly, where is he? I want to see another race. Are they ready with it? Yes. Lester Pigot or whoever. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, God has somebody who will be soul conscious. Souls conscious. And missionary conscious. Yeah. Missionaries. Yeah. The more missionary we become the closer you are to God. And if you will not be so conscious, conscious of souls, enlargement will arise from another place. Yes. God will raise up an, an, an outsider. Monkey was an outsider. Monkey was an outsider. He was a German. When he speaks English, you see that his language is German. And when you see him speaking on the last day that he spoke to, he went to Germany and preached for the last. He spoke in German. He said goodbye to all of you. I'll see you in heaven. He told them in German. Yeah. If you will not be conscious of the souls of your town, without that, and without that soul winning consciousness in the whole church, yes. You will not, you will not, and God will raise up another person to do it. Yes. I've been a Christian for so many years, serving the Lord and working in the church. I've always had a consciousness of souls. And without the consciousness of souls at all the time, you will not be a good minister. Yes, because it is a faithful and a good saying that is worthy of all acceptation. That Jesus Christ's main mission in coming to this world was to save sinners and nothing else. Yes, this is the only thing that he came to do. That's it's the right. only reason for the church. That's it's the right. only reason for all the things That's we are doing. Right. All the things we are doing is for the salvation of people and the winning of souls. This is the main thing. 
Nothing will ever replace it. Nothing will be more important than it. Nothing than a mission consciousness, a soul winning consciousness in you. It, it, and so I want you to pray for it. Because sometimes people ask me, how have you maintained your this and how do you do this and how all these years you are whatever. And so for me, that is the only reason. I don't know why I'm doing the ministry. Because I, I have a profession. I went to medical school for seven good years. 1982 to 1989 was in medical school. I'm a doctor. My doctor is not an email doctor or whatever, internet, whatever, PhD. No, no, no. It's a real doctor. Something I learned, I went to school and studied for and passed several exams. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I'm not doing this for any other reason. It's the reason I'm doing this is because of the soul that God has also, actually God has placed it on my heart. Put, it, put, your, hand on, put your hand on your heart. Put your hand on your heart. Father, impart to everyone here the consciousness of souls that are perishing, souls that are parting, souls that are getting lost. I thank you for soul-winning, conscious church members in Jesus' name. Put your other hand on your heart. Lord, impart to everyone here mission consciousness. Mission consciousness. Consciousness of missions, the importance of missionaries, the importance of sending people to the ends of the earth, the importance that will never, never finish. Thank you, Thank you for doing it. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, one time I was in Switzerland. I was in Switzerland. And I was, I just knelt down somewhere and prayed for the people. I said, God, save these people. Do something. Do something. Save these people. They are my people too. Yes. My my mother, my grandfather, grandmother, aunties, uncles, relatives, they are all there. They don't believe in God. I met my own cousins with my bearing my name. They'd never been to church the whole life. The whole life, almost 60 years old, never been to church. Hey, it's so serious. And the whole country is like that. I pray for the souls, for England, for Europe. I, 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 I don't know if I find myself, if I can have a crusade or I can do something or speak to. And they have done in such a way, you can't have a crusade, you can't stand somewhere, you can't preach, you can't do this. It's wild. Systematically, they have progressively eliminated Christ, God, and cut the people off. It is so wild. You see people saying, oh, I thank God I wasn't born in Africa. So I thank God I wasn't also from there. <sighs> so winning. I pray. Put your hand on your heart again. Father, 
impart again the feeling for soul, the feeling for souls, yes. the feeling, the consciousness. Let that consciousness be there. When they are great prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers, and whatever type of leaders, let them be conscious of soul winning and want to win souls and love souls. I pray for it, Lord. I pray for it, Lord. I pray for it, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Receive that grace, Lord. Receive that grace. Receive that grace. Yeah. I've never been conscious of money. No, but I'll get. Most of the time, when even sometimes God blesses me, I'm often surprised. So, oh, it's like I'm taking a bath. Because I'm not expecting that. I'm not thinking of that. I've never been conscious of money. I'm conscious of souls. I'm conscious of souls. Yeah, I'm conscious of souls. It's always on my mind. You, you can't have, that's what God, God wants me to be conscious of souls. Because it is a faithful saying. It's true. This is the only reason why God, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believed. This is why God so loved the world and why God gave his son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. This is God's heart. I don't know what work you are doing but be a soul winner in your mind and your heart. I'm telling you, <laughs> it will make you rich. It will make, that's a prophetic word. It will make you rich. It will make you rich. Oh yes. It will make you rich because it will make you seek first the kingdom and all other things Hallelujah. will be added to your life. Amen and amen and amen. Father, I thank you that enlargement and soul winning shall arise for your people. I thank you for the great, great blessing of a soul-winning church. Thanks a million. Thanks a million. Thanks a million. Thank you for systematic, aggressive, and progressive activities that will not cease in this campaign yes. to come to you and to expand and cause a great enlargement to come to your church. We are grateful and we are thankful, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. And let's quickly look at this. Um, Is it there? A little uh, grace. Somebody who just goes in and out. And nobody. Amen. Our God is blessed. I want us to take an offering. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel we should take an offering. I said hallelujah. Are you still here? Wonderful. So, um, we are going to be so winning conscious. Amen. So winning conscious. I'm telling you, this is going to come very soon. In to do what? That we're going to have 500 coming to church. Abato, you're going to have 300 coming to church. Rantia, uh, this area. Our area, they're just walking distance. 1,000 people are coming to church. 
No, I'm serious. You're going to have from that from that your school at a you, uh, uh, back in Laden, you're going to have hundred people coming every Sunday. Amen. And also, this year of Joss, minimum 100 coming to church every Sunday. Somebody say amen. Beautiful. Beautiful. So winning consciousness. When you go look at this, state locusts and then uh, federal locusts. We're going to have 200. No, 300 coming to church every Sunday. No, God is going to bless us. It can be so winning conscious. Amen. I said amen. And that is where the blessing is. The blessing. Hmm? Hey, the blessing is being so winning conscious. It's in your mind. So smart to see. There are houses here. One house has 50 people living in one house. Ted is living in one house. Yes. Are you still in church? No, very important. Very important. Now, I believe that God is taking us there. Let's turn to our feet for two minutes. Two minutes. I'm going to ask us to just pray for two minutes and then we'll take ten minutes break and then we'll continue. Say amen. Don't go with me too much. Ten minutes, go away and come. And then you come back. We sit down. So when you go, 10 minutes you are back. And then the course of the stay, just stay in throughout. Amen. Look at, I mean, as we are here, something is going to, something is going to drop in your spirit. By the close of today, you will know that something has happened to you. I want you to pray. We are praying for your area where you live. Amen. Where you live. Uh, Isaac. Where do you stay? Baden? Oh, blood. Who knows there? Around Anglo Joss. Yeah. Pray for the area, the Lord. And may souls come from my area. May souls be saved in my area. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Are you still here? Look, we are not here in just to joke at all. We are here for soul winning, for ministry, for God's blessing, and for God's help. Hallelujah. Saint, are you with me? We are praying for the university where you are. God, may you bring many more souls. May they come and know you. you, you if you live at uh, Redfield, pray for Redfield, the Lord. May many souls be saved and may they come to church and serve God. Lift your hand and pray for two minutes and then we would. Take a break. Come down our satire. Lift your voice and pray. Pray, pray, pray. Pray this, this afternoon. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 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 Pray, everybody. Pray in the name of Jesus. Pray. And God will make you conscious. So we need consciousness. 
Listen, pray for one more minute. One of the things that I see here in Jaws, there's a lot of religion. People who go to church, but they are still on drugs. They drink, they get drunk, they waste their lives. They are, they, they are religious. They go to church. Their names are written in church. First Sunday, they go to church for communion. But still, the devil is controlling their lives. I want us to break the power of Satan over the last of the In the name of Jesus. Lift your voice and pray now. Hallelujah. Finally, you are praying for your family members. Oh, yes. The Lord, may everybody in my family be saved. Yes. Family members, your father, your mother, your siblings, your the children, your children, those in your family. Pray that none of them 
will die and go to hell. Amen. That the power of God will touch them oh, yes. and save them. Oh, Lift your yes. voice and pray. Clap your hands and pray. in Jesus name amen in Jesus name amen amen so 10 minutes break and then we'll sit down it's now one o'clock 10 minutes after one we'll be seated and we carry on time is running too fast isn't it too fast I don't know what's going to happen all right anyway exactly 10 after one we are sitting down for the next part God bless you so you can where will we now or stretch yourself whatever and so on all right you're blessed